Welcome to the Boss Bitch Show podcast. Woo! We are thrilled to have with us Reverend Wendy Van Allen, priestess, author, counselor, and all around badass. We are thrilled to have you here. I consider Wendy a friend and someone on my team of people that keep me well and sane and happy and motivated in the world. And we're, yeah, we're, we're, I I wanted to share you with the world. I didn't want to keep you all to myself. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate that introduction. It's great to meet you, Kirsten. Um, I'm so excited to be on the show. It's the most exciting podcast I've been on. Amazing. Um, I will tell you I'm Kirsten. Everybody does it. So don't worry. Okay. All right, Kirsten. Thank you. As in Mm -hmm. like Gillibrand or, you know, Dunce. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) So, Wendy, tell us what makes you a boss bitch? Well, I think, you know, I was thinking about this and what makes me a boss bitch is that I have been practicing witchcraft my whole entire life. Oh, fuck yeah. I was born, you know, late 60s. I was born in the summer of love, which is pretty fucking cool as far as I'm concerned, you you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I have always been passionate about anything to do with the occult. I mean, I really remember since I was the age of three, four, anything, any fascination with magic, witchcraft, scary things, spooky things, ghosts, like mystery, you know, ancient sites, like that has been my lifelong passion. You know, I believed in magic my whole life. I remember when I was in sixth grade and this girl that I used to walk home with from school, her name was Michelle. She told me, you know, we were talking about Christmas and I'm talking about Santa and, you know, and she says to me, you know, your parents put those trees. I'm in sixth grade now. You know that your parents put those presents under the trees. I mean, under the tree for you. And I said to her, no, that's not true. Santa's real. And she insisted that she was correct and I was wrong. And I decked her. Like I I punched her in the stomach. (laughs) expecting you know i was like how (laughs) dare you tell me that santa's not real you know so i have always been someone that believes in things that people don't other people don't always see and you know i i could tell you a ton of stories like that but just breaking that conditioning and it took me a long time you know it took me a long time to i grew up in the episcopal church which is catholic light basically Mm -hmm. And at that time, it wasn't like it is today, where it's very affirming for women and gay people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in that time, it was still very patriarchal. You know, I just would resist a lot of the conditioning, a lot of the stuff. And I remember when I left high school and I went to college and I discovered Wicca. And that was like, you know, 1980s, like second wave, like magical child. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I'm sure some of your listeners do. Enchantments, you know, I discovered that there's actually a practice that people do that you can dedicate to and call on these old gods and believe in magic and it's real and i was all of like 18 or 19 years old you know and that's guided my life and uh i think that the cool thing about witchcraft is you take power in your own hands as a woman you reclaim that scary bitch that everybody's so afraid of you know (laughs) i love that yes ah I love it. Ah, wow. I I don't even think I knew that about you. I mean, it's like, you know, I I definitely think of you as kind of like a counselor and a healer, but that's super cool. You're, you're just smacking me in the face with, with cool shit. Um, definitely feel free to say more about that and and tell us about your book that just came out. Thank you. Well, I guess I'm doing my job as a counselor because me imposing my beliefs on you would not be appropriate as I am your spiritual counselor. And, you know, that's, that's what I try not to do. And I do, I, I basically uh, have been through a long period of, you know, learning. I went to seminary, interfaith, interspiritual, one spirit is a great place. And it taught me to like, understand that everybody comes from different places and there's many mountains to the top. You know, there's many paths to the top of the mountain. Mm. Um, my book is about that. My book is uh, called uh, relighting the cauldron and embracing nature spirituality for the modern world. Thank you. Came out with um, Llewellyn Publications this April. Actually, the beginning of March. It's already been a month. And it's a book about nature spirituality and how there's a lot of different traditions that practice a form of nature spirituality. Wicca is one of them. 
paganism in general is is one path and it's a modern path that a lot of you know people with european or even jewish background are reclaiming for themselves you know different um and then there's others you know indigenous spirituality and uh, afro-caribbean spirituality which is something i initiated in about 10 years no now it's about 12 years ago um, on my mother's side, a little short story about that. I'm Puerto Rican and I've always been um, interested in Santeria. I've always like, what is that? What's that about? Can, you know, and I had been practicing Wicca for a long time at this point. And um, th- I got to a point that I was questioning, you know, I, I, I really was questioning my beliefs and I wanted to know what worked. And I was like, well, let me try this. Let me kind of follow this lead. And, you know, my whole intention was to like get a blessing, really. And the next thing I know, the priest that I went to see told me, no, you really have to initiate. And it's a mystery tradition, you know, and it's it's from Africa. It's a, a diasporic tradition, and it's also a form of nature spirituality. So um, in my book, I talk about these. Uh, I interview about 10 different people from different paths who give their take on it. And from doing the, the research, it really was pretty clear that there's a lot of commonalities in these traditions, you know. Mm. And uh, really, they're great practices for self-healing. And from self-healing, you know, we can work on healing this planet. And that is the bottom line of what I think Nietzsche spirituality does that you don't get in patriarchal tradition, which is a connection to the earth. And there's nothing that I think could be more healing to the earth than people to revere her as sacred. And I really mean her. (laughs) Yes. This is our mother, man. This planet is our home, you know, and, and it isn't, again, going back to that idea that I believe in things that other people think are ridiculous or metaphorical, this planet's alive, you know, and that's what my book's about. The cauldron is her. It's her belly. It's her life force. Mm. God, I love that. Well, that actually makes me think about politics, which I think we should let us veer into a new little segment that Rachel and I are exploring. So we have a new segment, which we are going to call Bitch or Boss Bitch. Mm, I I have one person in mind that came right here. Oh my God. And you know her name. We are witches, so I won't be surprised if it's who MTG. But you know, here's the thing, Kirsten. Politics is so important. This is all political. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, so the person we had in mind, which I'm certain you are familiar with, we would like to know your thoughts. Bitch or boss bitch, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. I've heard her speak. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, she's come to one spirit. I think that she has some good ideas. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to be honest. I want to be honest. I don't, I don't see her as a boss bitch. I really don't. Okay. Would you like to expand on that? I think that she's still too wedded to some patriarchal ideas and, Mm. and also conditioning. You know, I mean, Mm. if you look at her, if you listen to her, she's got that Southern charm going. I don't want to be like down on the South completely, but Mm -hmm. a lot of that Southern culture is just like steeped in the Confederacy. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't heard her speak out against, you know, racism and sexism and colonialism and all the isms. I've heard her say those things, but I don't know. I just don't feel boss bitch. What do you guys think? What do you think? Talk to me. Well, it. Sorry, do you want to go first, Kirsten? No, I mean, it's interesting because we, so Rachel and I came up with this new segment a couple of weeks ago and we thought it would be fun. And then we had a short little phone call right before this and we were like, oh my God, who should we do? And I was like, oh my God, I know, I know, I know, I know. And she was like, I know what you know. And I, and then I said, Marianne Williamson, and it was exactly who Rachel was thinking of. And it's interesting because I had a conversation with uh, another friend last night about Marianne Williamson, because of course she's in the news right now. She's um, running for president of the United States, which is really interesting. 
And, um, and I was talking to Evan about her and I was like, what do you think? I haven't really heard you, you know, say anything. And he did the exact same, um, the exact same reaction, which is also the reaction that Rachel had, which was this kind of, yeah. Now, now I love her and I know her as an author. Okay. And I love everything that, she, you know, she's doing a lot of interviews um, mm -hmm. right now. And I love everything that she has to say. And why I immediately, immediately thought of this segment was because of something you said and something that she has said quite a bit of we need to heal ourselves in order to heal the world. Mm. Mm -hmm. And okay. to heal a lot of the systemic issues that we have, we need to look at, we need to look inward as a, at ourselves as individuals and how we're participating in these systems and how we're participating in our own health and well-being. Um, that's fantastic so that's, because I agree yeah. with her completely on that. Yes. You know, and I guess for me with her, I think she's a fantastic teacher in that way because I've read her books and I've listened to her. And like I said, I, I mean, I respect her a great deal, but I don't see her being a boss bitch in politics. Yep. That's what I don't see. We need fierce. We need, we need down with the patriarchy right now, you know? And I, I, again, I just got creamed on my Facebook for this. And it's kind of ironic since my Santo is, is Obatala, which is the, the Orisha of, the mountain, the the king of all the Orishas, the Orishas being the spirits of nature, the mm. the the gut the archangels of the tradition of the um of the Yoruba people. Yeah. Um also the god of wisdom, the Orisha of wisdom and elderly, you know, so to respect the elderly is really important. But damn it, it's time for younger people to be in power. Mm. It's time for people to realize their limitations and I think Marianne Williamson is part of a generation that now needs to be elders. We need young people with like fire and brimstone and people ready to smash these things. That's one thing I like. I'm really like impressed with the, the youngest generation. They're like redefining gender. I mean, think about that. They're redefining gender. That is so breaking conditioning, you know? And, and that's what we need. I mean, we really do need to rethink everything break out of the old conditioning listen i agree and i think you know my my thing with marianne williamson is like would i vote for her i mean it's so early right now to like we don't even know there's no other candidates right, <laughs> right now and that was sort of what i asked evan was i said i was like well then who would you vote for and he's like well you know old joe and i was like oh man and like I, I agree with what you're saying. And I love the younger generation. I mean, look at these kids that are in the, you know, the House of Representatives in, ten in Tennessee, you know, like having protests and right. they're so brave and they are showing up and they are informed. And I hope that they fucking show up to these polls when they are 18 years old. I hope to God that that. Exactly. And that's why I, you know, I opened my book with the, the, the kids protesting all around the world, global warming. They give a shit. You know, yeah. they understand, like, this is our planet. This is what we're getting. And if people don't wake up and make changes, that may be uncomfortable. It may be uncomfortable to, like, realize we can't do oil and gas forever. We have to adjust the way we live. And they're doing it because they're impassioned to do it. It's the, it's biz, their business, you know. And the same thing with the gun situation. Like, you know, what's somebody whose kids have been out of school the kids are in their 40s, 50s, right? Their grandkids are in their 20s and 30s. They're not dealing with their children going to school and being afraid they're going to be shot. So instead, this generation, who is afraid they're going to be shot or live their whole life? They're, they're 20 years old and their entire time in school was, I'm afraid to be shot. They have a lot more passion and a lot more experience to talk about what we need to do and why we need to change it. You know, Absolutely. and I just, I, th I think that we don't respect younger people and the perspective that different generations bring and i'm not saying that the older people haven't don't have wisdom but some of them are old fools and it's time they retire and it's Ooh. old ideas and it's old things Absolutely. old things that are broken it's time to fix it and to rethink things you know break the paradigm
You know, I'm all about like opening new ideas. And, you know, that's part of like going back to the joke about witchcraft. Like I'm not, it's not a joke. It's real. It's like you break your conditioning, like to think of the idea that practicing magic, taking power in your own hand, not being afraid to be a sexy or scary or just strong woman, you know, that's, that's, that's a powerful statement. Yeah, I mean, to speak to that, I guess my take on Marianne Williamson is that she's she's not any of that, you know. Right. Um, Who is I, though? I, well, true. I mean, we're all ourselves in, in individual moments, but mm-hmm. I happened to see her this morning. I, I, I woke up <laughs> at 6 a.m. and I went to Daybreaker, which is, you know, this sober morning dance party. Cool. It, it's Oh, it's great. It's great. They've been doing it. It was like, it's like their 10 year anniversary. I mean, even they hand out little cards at the end. This one says, you whose existence melts me whenever you dissolve into helpless laughter, transported by a magic show, antics or jokes, having your armpits tickled, drenched by a sudden shower or any of nature's tricks. Dive into the source of that laughter, surrender to the surge of joy, illuminating the essence of reality. Mm, that's you know, yummy. You know, like they just... They have this beautiful way. It, it's similar to, to ecstatic dance or, or to five rhythms or to really sort of any sort of like, you know, tribal uh, gathering of people where you're just dancing for for the feeling, for community, for release, mm-hmm. for joy. And so here we are. We dance for like two hours awesome. and we're like, woo, and we're in it together. I love it. And then she gets on stage and was a giant fucking buzzkill. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I just the you know, you both know I'm I'm very intuitive and I feel energy. And what I got from her was nervousness and timidness. Right. And I'm like in front of a group that clearly like just came out of this love bomb that just wants to love and support you and just go on this journey. And she was just like nervously spouting statistics and just being like, don't hold on to your happiness for too long. Cause if we don't do something about it, we're not going to have it for long. And it's like, I get what you're saying, but the she messaging, didn't read the room. No, the messaging was off. And it yeah. was just like, you know, don't, don't present this in, in veiled threats. Like, like, yeah. you know, bring us right. on a journey right. with you and, and inspire us. And, and continue the wave that you stepped into, you know? Exactly, exactly. And what you just described is something I talk about in my book, which is something that people get from nature spirituality. It's like rewilding yourself, Mm. reclaiming that energy, like, yeah, drumming, singing, dancing, ecstasy, sex, passion, like it's all good, you know? And for so long, we've had to control ourselves. And that's something that I see in her. She's very controlled and Mm. polished. And, you know, when I think, when I meant to you is who is, when I think of, of women in politics, the first one that comes to mind that I think she's fierce and I love her is Katie Porter. You guys know Katie Porter no, from California? No. no Watch no. her. She's the whiteboard lady. Oh, and she I love is so smart and yes. she kicks ass and she's not afraid to speak her mind. And nice. she just slays. I mean, she yeah. gets up there and slays. And I think I think that there's different spheres where people where, where women can be bosses. And I don't think in politics, Marianne Williamson can be a boss. Mm. I think somebody like Katie Porter, yes. Porter can be a boss. I think AOC can be a boss. Oh, I think she has I potential. Love AOC. You know, I voted yeah, for her love, when I lived in the Bronx. You know, we I, love I, some AOC, but yeah, yeah I, I you just, know, poof. I I hope that we have you know a, a dark horse candidate that comes out of nowhere that is that I do or, too. You know, and my hope is that at at the very least with Marianne Williamson, at the very least, she will move the needle of the conversation. Okay, oh, that's fair. Yes. That she is good at that. The interviews that she has done, she's getting to the heart of things, which mm-hmm. is that our culture is sick. Yes. And, and that's truth. That and is, that is yeah. true. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. It, it is interesting that, you know, her, her most famous quote is about, you know, being powerful beyond measure, you yeah. know, and I, I, I want that for her. I mean, cause yeah. I do think she has brilliant things to say, mm-hmm. but it's like, 
Yeah, the, the context of politician is uh, is different than the context of teacher or, or self-help or, guru or yeah, any of that. It's or, true. And, and, and some people, you know, maybe once in a lifetime, you'll get somebody who can make all of that, you know, but yeah. I don't see it in her. So I'm not, I, I would say, is she a bitch or is she a boss bitch? I'd say she's a boss bitch in her own way, but not for politics. That was, that's how I yeah. would answer that. Yeah. Well, you know, to go back to the daybreaker, you know, after we talked, Rachel, I was w- leaving the park and I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound like it was a very motivating conversation in line with like where you are emotionally and spiritually at a daybreaker. Like you're at the end, you have everyone at like on such a fucking high. And we were so high. And from what you described to me, it sounded very motivated by fear. Yes. And not a motivated by love of like the love that you feel right now. I want you to bring that to the people that need you. To the yeah, people I mean, that literally are said, Kirsten. Laws, you know, and, and you need to, we need to show up for them. We need to bring all this yep. energy and all this love to the polls and to the streets and we need to we need to keep it here. We need to keep it up here. You know? And that's so important too, because that's exactly one of the differences between patriarchy and what's coming after what I hope to see, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying replace it with a matriarchy. I'm not saying any of that. Replace it with a partnership. And it has to be about love and not fear. The patriarchy is all about fear. That's why it's most pure incarnation is fascism, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it does. That puts people in ovens. You know, it kills witches. Centuries. That is all patriarchy. It has centuries of holy war, of fighting over whose God is right. That's all that. So motivation by love is we love this planet. We love our children, our great, 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 great grandchildren, the the earth, the the other animals, the, the plants. Like, I love my life. I love to reclaim that. How can we express that love in a way that's politically expedient, number one, because we're running out of time, and two, like, what sacrifices might I need to make, you know, because that idea that we can live forever in this happy-go-lucky Western world without any, like, deciding, like, ooh, maybe taking a plane everywhere I go, even though I have the money, is not really a great idea. You know what I mean? So sacrifices are called for. And also, like, what can I do for self-love? What does self-love look like, you know? Mm. Well, I'm curious to know, Reverend, because I'm certain that you, well, I'm not certain, but I would think that you know a lot about astrology and, you know. I know some. I know some. some. I love it, too. I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on, like, that astrologically where we are headed, because I've heard some very interesting things. Yes, we certainly are in an interesting time, Kirsten. I had my chart read and he was telling me about an astrologer at Omega where I was employed up until the end of the year. Um, And his name is escaping me, but it will come to me. He's great. Dave, his name was. Anyway, we are in a time where Pluto, after being in one sign, uh, is going into the sign of Aquarius. And this is the age of Aquarius. Like it's now it happened in march 2023 all these years of us hearing about it you know thinking we were in it no we are now in it and it is going to bring in some real changes you know it's going to bring in some good stuff but we are going through a big transition it's there's no no joke i mean it's you know that's what happens at the end of a paradigm like a lot of chaos i mean you, you know and i i had this revelation recently like the whole thing you know i don't know if you guys have ever suffered through the book of revelations have you ever read it scary shit terrifying you know we'll scare you into submission but i think you know it was somebody's vision of what could come and i think you know if you look into all cultures you'll find the end and then the beginning you know the 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 kali yuga in 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 hinduism Mm. and what happens is there is an end to the way things were and a new cycle comes in and we're seeing that, but it's not happening all at once. Like we're seeing mm. it in Syria. They had their end. We see, we're we seeing it right now. Like all these places on earth where like these disasters, Turkey happened, like that terrible earthquake, you know, where disasters and global warming, and it's unfortunately going to continue. But what's going to happen out of that is, is a big change, you know, and the change is what's necessary. And one of the things that came to me was like, 
you don't replace a paradigm with a new paradigm unless the old paradigm becomes obsolete. Mm. So people opt in when things work better, right? Like when, when, you know, things go out of, uh, out of style and they don't work anymore, that's when people stop using it, you know, and that's how it's going to be with the, the world we're living in. And it's kind of hard to believe and it's going to take time. It's going to take centuries and all, but like people like Marianne Williams, you know, they're part of the change and people that are doing that. So you know, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I um, Rachel knows I love the tick tick. That's what I call it. I love TikToks I so much. I do too. I go down the <laughs> rabbit holes. I go down all the rabbit holes. I love it. But I think it was on TikTok. I watched a really interesting video last night, and it was a man saying it, which was surprising. But um, they were talking about how, and you're talking about how a system becomes obsolete. And that's mm -hmm. when we can make that shift. Right. Right. And, you know, of course, the, with all of these like abortion laws and all of these things happening, you know, with women's rights and women's patriarchy, rights patriarchy, 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 that's all that is. And, yep. you know, a lot of women, a lot of uterus owners have brought up like, hey, you know, men, if you could literally say anything or speak up or like start to fight this right? with us, like we might have a chance like if you could just say something you know mm. and, yeah and what the person said was you know he was like yeah i'm saying this regretfully but the reason why men don't is because they are benefiting oh yeah and a lot of it is unconscious of like, yeah, why aren't men going in droves to get vasectomies? Right. It's a fucking reversible, uh. outpatient, like very like low side effects operation that you could get and we could be fucking fine. Like that right. would be a because of the stigma, like they lose their manhood. But here's the thing. Stigma, but it's that they are benefiting in some yes. way to, from our oppression. A hundred percent. Admit that or not, they are benefiting from our fucking oppression. And who knows? Maybe it's not covered by insurance. Because <laughs> guess what? Patriarchy. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's systemic. But another point to that, Kirsten, is the same reason why there's all these women like MTG and her friggin' Cretan ilk that are a hundred percent behind these draconian laws against women. They, they, you know. What was that horrible person? Phyllis Schafly founded the. You remember those people? Like those women benefit from the patriarchy. They oh, yeah. benefit from the oppression because they can punish the women that are taking their husbands or having their husbands' babies or you know that it's control, control, yes. control. So that's why this is not abortion is not just a male female issue at all. This is a human issue. This is Absolutely. a human rights issue. Yeah, and, you know, it's just see it. We see it in so many issues, you know, it's right. the people that take the side of these oppressive laws are are most likely doing that because of their proximity to power. Exactly. And, you know, we saw it with like the. Blessed you know, be. The that is police, it. The other police shooting where they were like, oh, but, you know, this can't be like a black white issue because the cops were black. And it's like, right. no, that yes. is a patriarchal racist system. And we're talking about proximity to power. Right. And a lot yeah. of people choose the wrong side because of its proximity to power. Exactly. Well, it's just I, I started following this guy on Instagram who has a brilliant way of like tying in things together and just, you know, presenting it. And, you know, he was doing the essential what we all know and, and have been preaching it like, you know, oh, like a drag queen is so much more dangerous than mm -hmm. a priest who molests children. Right. And he literally, but this guy literally went and found clips of every single pastor on Fox News, no less, mm. that has been, um, you know, put away or, you know, given some sort of punishment for molesting children. And it's all on Fox News. So it's like it's in front of people's faces, but yet they see what they want to see right. because of this fear mongering and brainwashing. It's it's really. And it's an othering too. You know, who, who we need scapegoats. That's what, right. that's the mentality. That's the mentality. It's a primitive mentality, actually. Instead of what we're advocating for is look at yourself. 
look at what we have good, bad, indifferent in us. We have the ability to do harm. We know we can, you know, that's the rewilding. I could tear somebody apart if I wanted to, because I'm not afraid of my power. Right. But that's the evolution from, oh, I'm so afraid of the evil things inside of me. I'm going to blame those people over there. And then we're going to burn them at the fucking stake. Right. That's what happens. It's projection. So what they're doing to the trans community right now is they're projecting everything onto this community of people that they're really in danger right now. I mean, it's not only I mean, we already know that that trans women of color are the highest suicide rate and murder rate right now in a lot of the world. Like, it's terrible, you know, and now with all this going on, these people are being put in danger, especially in some of these communities. I it's frightening. I saw somebody, you know, one of these people that friend you on Facebook forever. Oh, I went to high school with you. You haven't seen him in a million years. And I went like this, maybe I shouldn't friend. So, but I did, I accepted. And within like a day, I see like anti-trans, anti-trans, anti-gay, anti-gay, hate everybody. And I'm like, no, I don't need this anymore. Talk about negativity. I don't want anything to do with people like this. You know, we create the world we're in. We need to keep people around us that lift us up and help us to be the bad bitches we want to be. Absolutely. And it's, um, you know, I, I regretfully state that I am partially from Florida. I lived in Florida for like (laughs) almost 20 fucking years. And like, honestly, I wish I could get my like small chunk of family out there and fucking sink the state because it's, I mean, Mm. truly, but there's a huge, there's a lot of people on TikTok that are Florida residents that are talking about fleeing the state. Right. I mean, exactly. this is real. Like there, there is a, yes. there is a travel advisory. There is yes. a worldwide travel advisory for Florida, for queer people, for members of the LGBTQIA plus communities to be careful. I mean, they're yeah. talking about, they're talking about making it a felony to not only provide gender affirming care to your children, but they can forcibly remove your children from a home if a sibling if another family member in the home is receiving gender affirming care like hmm. we are it's terrifying i i i read i heard on tiktok today that people were being kidnapped these children were being taken from the home already from under these laws it's i don't know if it's true or not but my god that's where we're going and that's fascism right there kirsten for sure that's well i mean Germany. we're we're burning yes. books, right? Right, basically. and we're burning books. We are repeating uh, Nazi Germany. I have been saying it for years. And here's something that's that. really radical, too, that I believe. This country is splitting up. And that's one thing I do agree with MTG on. We are not. It matters where you live. It matters what state mm-hmm. you're in. You really need to pay attention when you say, oh, well, you know, I hate the cold, but I'm still in New York until I can find a place otherwise, because I'm not going to any of these states. It's uh-uh. terribly dangerous. You really have to. And and I do think that, you know, it's United States is based on a common culture, common language, common way of life, common beliefs. What do we have in common with those people? Right. That's what makes a country united. And when you think about it again, over time, this is the anthropologist talking, all empires break up. Like every single empire on the face of the earth had its time and then it broke up into city states. Like Europe came out of the Roman Empire, right? So, you know what? I think that a Northeast block, a a West Coast block, you know, maybe the Central and then whatever you want to call Trumpistan, you know, (laughs) it's okay. Let them have it. (laughs) And I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Maybe not in five years, maybe in 20, you know? Honestly, I don't disagree with you. And jokes on them because we all know that the blue states fund the red states. Like you want we have to all the universities, we have the business, we have the money, well, we have literally the- because of our state, our blue state tax laws, we literally fund the red states. So that's if correct. there is like if people start fleeing from these red states, like fleeing. that's going right that's word. going that's going to affect their economy. Not only is that going to affect their economy, but if they want to fucking secede, which whenever that comes up, I'm like, fucking go ahead. Florida, right. and Texas, you want to be your own fucking country? Mississippi, Fuck Alabama, off. go for it. What's the reality? Not. All the brains leave. All the talented people leave. All the creative people leave. The educated people leave. The doctors leave. Okay? So what's left? 
the roads go to hell. They don't want to pay their taxes. They don't want to pay for kids to go to school. Like, what are you going to be left with? It will be a third world country. Okay. Mm. That is the reality. A hundred percent. It's going to be a third world country and they'll be left with their guns and their Bibles and, you know, a wasteland. I mean, it's going to be a wasteland. And yeah. and I'm so happy, aren't I, sometimes? But I mean, I really see these things very clearly. I was going to say, we sound like Marianne Williamson. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the other sad reality that I wanted to say is that, you know, and the first thing that I thought of when I watched this woman, this woman's video on TikTok about, she's like my partner and I, she was a lesbian woman, lesbian white woman who mm. was saying, and that is important is that she was like, you know, my partner and I are finally considering, like, do we need to leave the state? Like, this is not safe for us, you know, especially if we want to have a family, like this is not safe. And so many people in these places will not have the resources to make that choice. Right. And that's true. A lot of the people that really need to And they are Americans too. Yes. Correct. You know, what are we going to, are we going to like have like a, like, are we going to have like a refugee situation? Like what the fuck? I know. And that that's a reality too. It's like a privilege to be able to move for sure. You know, but I mean, like, we saw that with the pandemic, you know, exactly. I mean, failed like- states create refugees. We've seen that in all over the world. It's oh my true, God. I mean, right. Failed I mean, states create refugees. And what we're having you, here, you go to the entire West coast right now, you go to Los Angeles, you go to Portland, you go to Seattle there are people living in tents right. everywhere. Exactly. And they're not from there. They came in from other places. You know, it's like, but I mean, there's so many, we have so many problems in this country. And, you know, my book is about like, it only is the the, the, the tragedy for the first like chapter, you know, <laughs> then we go into solutions. And I talk a lot about solutions. And as a, a therapist and as a, a, as a counselor, I always try to find solutions. Like, let's find the solutions to what ails us. And, you know, one of the things that I like to really lean on is like there was a time when we didn't you know if you look at the grand scheme of human history right if if i'm going to talk football if it's a football field the last yard is modern history the first Mm. 99 are prehistory or when we were at you know and i'm not saying like it was fantastic you know our life plan was maybe 30 years whatever but we were able to live and thrive and multiply and become a really successful species for 99 yards because we had more indigenous beliefs and we were more at one with this with with the universe and with you know other species and we lived more at peace and in smaller communities so from learning from those people is really important learning from those that have survived the indigenous people you know learning from ways that work learning from things like one of the things that i think is really a powerful movement is the sustainability and permaculture movement. Mm-hmm. People are, you know, yeah, it's, and, and just learning how to like be more in tune with nature. You know, Rachel and I always talk about that. Like, what can mm-hmm. I, like, what heals me going outside, getting some, just reconnecting with that wild part of yourself, you know? Yeah. I literally this past week have gone and done Qigong in the park, taking my shoes off and stepping on the earth. Uh. That's awesome. It's it's been so like electrifying, like energizing. And ironically, the way, the way I kind of giggled when you said what you said was because right after Marion Williamson (laughs) spoke, this other woman spoke, who's the head of like the Pachamama Alliance or something. (laughs) And was talking all about, you know, revitalizing the earth and permaculture and plant medicine. Exactly. and, and all of that stuff, you know, and, and yeah, there, there's a lot of us. I mean, you know, Kirsten and I talk about psychedelics quite a bit and. And that's what's I'll- tapping in that, that she tapped into the room. Like, like we were saying, she, you know, mm-hmm. people that are trying new, taking medicine in your own hands, taking care of yourself in a way that's preventative instead of waiting until you get sick. You know, what oh, can I yeah. do? Those, these are things that we can do on our yeah. own, you know, that, that, that's kind of like the, the, you know, the, the theory and practice of witchcraft is like, what can I do for myself? How can I claim this power? You know, and in all cultures, there's some form of witch, you know, they just call it a different thing. It's actually a form of shamanism, you know, it's like, how can, you know, the, the bridge between the, 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 the 
spirits in the community is that person, the dead in that community, the nature in that community, bringing wisdom back and sharing it. You know, that, that person in culture and all culture all over the, the, um, the globe was the person that brings wisdom and healing to people, Mm. you know, Mm. and it's going back to that, like claiming it for yourself, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's so many small movements uh, that, uh, and huge movements. I mean, like that is exactly what we're seeing with the TikTok ban. Like <laughs> with talking about that is we, that became, and like TikTok really took off during the pandemic at a time where people could not right. commune physically. And it became that third space. Like we talk right. about third space in, you know, um, in like our current culture and how it's kind of just dwindled, dwindled, dwindled. It became that Mm. third space where people were communing and sharing information. I mean, that is the thing about TikTok that is regular people too. Yes. Regular people and not regular people. And, you know, and just doing like a video, you know, just like randomly, the people aren't like doing these huge setups and these like big, you know, shoots the way they are on other social media platforms. It was literally, just sharing information. And that has been- I love the dancing on TikTok. I love all the people Uh, that dance. I love that so much. Like, I don't care who you are. I just think that's so powerful, you know? But yes, TikTok, don't you think it's interesting, ladies, though, that, you know, they're trying to shut TikTok down? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yep. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, because it's people taking back their power and, and having a voice that goes beyond- traditional media, which we know right. even the most liberal media is still controlled by a corporation. Unfortunately, exactly. You know, and so it is filtered, you know, whereas mm-hmm. like TikTok, I mean, you know, and podcasts. Get, I mean, I think podcasts are fantastic but... this way, but I think this is great because you're getting your contact out there. We can take that into our hands. And that's another thing that's coming with the shift is like, taking all sorts of things, all sorts of power back, you know, from the corporations, like just creating things without even worrying about like, like for art, for instance, right? Art has been so commodified. Uh, basically you're trained to think, oh, how can I sell this? How can I sell it? Like if I, oh. if you have any talent, it be, whether it's music or art or whatever, like it, it, you're trained, like if it doesn't make money, it's not worth doing. That is so toxic. Meanwhile, art is like, we are accessing that creator archetype in ourselves that needs to express itself. And it's fantastic and it's powerful. And it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, something you can sell just because you did it you feel it like energized from it you know absolutely i've recently been thinking about that a lot because you know especially with comedy and with acting you know you're you're basically fed that you know you need to have like a following and and a presence and all that and you know kirsten and i have to promote our show right and and it's I gotta promote because, my book. All that right. Stuff, you have to promote you know? your book, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's become a land of, you know, social media and, and PR, but it, PR essentially ends up going back to social media. But I was thinking about when I first started acting and all the weird shit that I did, but I loved it. I had right. such a good time, <laughs> you know, local community theater and shitty weird little productions at the producers club in a black box theater where the seats were uncomfortable That's and fantastic it was three hours without intermission and you know <laughs> like it's just you know yeah it, it was so full of heart and it was right. like we were doing it for the love of it and yeah I, I have to remind myself of that a lot because of the social media game and right. you know we we try to find ways like can we do this in a way that we love it in a way that exactly. it feels organic and that it feels like a self-expression you know I love that. Yeah. And and that's what you want to inspire in others, right? I know that's one of your missions, Rachel. It's like yeah. to inspire in others to find that fierce creative part of yourself that just wants to express yourself for the sake of expression, for that that it then that's the magic. That's ma- what magic is. It's this force that's that's in us that needs to be expressed and could be healing. Like it could change the world when people really think about it, you know. That's that's what happens. It's but when it's like Everything has to go through the filter of 
you know, the corporate world, the capitalist world, what are we left with? Like it filters it down. So these are the things that are going to change. And I, and I do, I have faith in the, in the young people. As far as I'm concerned, you two got, you two ladies are younger than me and you're part of the shift. Oh, I mean, we all are, we all are. Yeah. We're all part of it. Yeah. We're all part of the shift in different ways. And I am very inspired by the younger generations and, Mm -hmm. You know, art does shift paradigms. Exactly. We've seen that throughout history, you know, it absolutely shifts paradigms. I think where a lot of like the conflict, the inner conflict can come for a lot of artists, including myself, is like you do want to reach the most people with your message. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that starts to intersect with capitalism and like with making money and like your position, your, yeah. So like that can be difficult, but to go backwards just a little bit, I'm also very inspired with the shift that we see on TikTok, but we see as a culture as a whole, as we're responding to the like capitalism where it is right now. And that's mutual aid. Mm, mutual yes, aid, exactly. I find so inspiring like Mm -hmm. Rachel and I have talked about this before but like it's funny because I'm but I'm so inspired by the fucking buy nothing groups I love the buy nothing groups and like people if you don't know what the buy nothing groups go on your go on Facebook type in buy nothing group you will find your specific neighborhood where you give and received gifts there is no purchasing there's no trades it must be gifted and you can just like i got a fucking flat screen tv that's awesome like that's so cool yeah you know what i mean and like and that's the shift though that's for sure the shift is like going instead of going like this which we did forever right the globalist work we're going like this we're going down we're going to hyper local create community again be know your neighbors share with your neighbors i mean that's exciting literally like i love every part about it like getting to know my community my neighbors Mm -hmm. like bumping into these people like other times and being like oh hey you know how's the plant how's the how did that you know thing work out that i gave you like that is community and that's yes. the way that we it's the village it's the village it, it, it's the, the village it's it's replicating once again the way we used to be we had villages we had places where people were not every you know everyone wasn't perfect but yeah it's it's getting to know and and, and leaning on each other and bartering and sharing and i've got this and you have that can we can we exchange wow i think maybe this is a perfect segue to the big deck energy cards okay. all right Love so it. this is similar to tarot as you say um where we have a little deck of cards and i shuffle them and you tell me when to stop stop Ooh, you got upside down bitch <laughs> wow <laughs> what does it mean what does that mean okay so the definition of a bitch is a fearless person who unabashedly owns their power and will let you know it bitch Mm. and the reverse is are you trying to please everyone bitch Mm. get ready to scream in the mirror When you're an old bitch, you're not going to give a shit what Chad at work (laughs) thought of you. Chad wears boat shoes. Fuck Chad. (laughs) Be a bitch. Get your bag and light a match on the way out. Love it. I love it. And that's so true. Oh my God. I'm I'm always preaching that and I really think I have to practice it more. So I love it. Just like stop caring so much what other people think, right? It's funny, this this card always works like tarot. It's like you will get the card that's meant for you. (laughs) That's cool. The affirmation is, I am a strong, powerful, magical bitch. I know what I want and I get it. I am bitch. I am bitch. I love it. (laughs) I I have a shirt that says bad bitch and I think I'm going to go put it on after this interview. Yeah, you guys just got me going tonight. Awesome. Thank you. I love it. So let the listeners know where they can find you. Okay. I am on soulblossomcenter.com is my website. 
Um, I live in the Hudson Valley. I'm up near Kingston. Uh, I will be doing a workshop at the Parliament of World Religions this summer in Chicago. It's fantastic. It's a great event for shifting the paradigm from people with good intentions from all different paths. And I'm starting a, a new Wicca circle. I, I do monthly Wicca circles every month um, around a, a moon circle, basically. Um, and if you're interested in that, you can find me on Soul Blossom Center Facebook, or you can send an email to soulblossomcenter um, at gmail.com. Oh, that is amazing. That I love that. I meant to actually join last month, and I had a conflict, and I was like, oh. And just about my book, it's available on Amazon. Again, it's Relighting the Cauldron through Llewellyn uh, Publications. And I'm going to have a book signing next month. I think it's May 21st at the Kingston Barnes & Noble. Excellent. I Congratulations love Congratulations on your book. That's such a feat. That's so Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Thank you. Came out of yeah. COVID. I got Amazing. laid off and I said, here, I got this book in my head for 20 something years. It's time to do it. And uh, yeah, it's been since the 2020, I did that and I went to grad school and I'm just about finished with my master's degree. And yeah, I, I feel bitch. pretty. Thank you. Thank you. I just seized that. It's time. Yes. Do the and, work. And I finally refer to Wendy as my spiritual guide. I'll be Aww. like, oh, a call with my spiritual guide gotta go thank you so, love, um, i love working with rachel and yes that is one thing that i love doing is spiritual counseling it's interspiritual whatever your path is if it's positive for you i will work with you so please do send beautiful. me an email and we can get it going yeah and i mean our sessions i i feel are very intuitive and very tailored to me and what i need in that moment i mean we've done We've done distance Reiki. We've done astral projections. We've done guided meditations. We've done native drumming. We've done sound bowls. We've done all the things. Awesome. <laughs> oh my God, yep. And so it. you just like listen to me talk shit and give me good advice. And some days we just, I just listen and, and talk about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you have a really great way of um, recreating my communication and reminding me who I am. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that feedback. Yes. And thank you both for this time tonight. I've had such fun. Oh, I'm uh, so glad. This what is amazing. Incredible. Yes. Love it. Thank you, Reverend Wendy Van Allen. Thank you.